Welcome to Short Course, episode 14, for May 4th, 2018. I'm your host, Ben Barry. I've got the first major of my season coming up this weekend, and so I thought it'd be interesting to talk about what I'm doing to prepare, how I'm looking at it going in, what my mindset is, and how I've been practicing. The first thing that's probably worth talking about is I'm really not doing anything terribly significant with with my gear. Uh, as I was running through the mental checklist of all the things that I would traditionally do before a major match, I didn't really have that much to do. I, I feel like after uh, almost two years, a uh, year and a half at least, of, of shooting the Tanfolio Stock 2s, I've, I've got them dialed in. They I, I like where they're at. I like the triggers on them. I like the sights. For whatever reason, uh, one of the, the guns that I had just from the factory with the, the factory sight, it just it, it always hit a little funny. Uh, I guess it always hit a little low. Whatever it was, I ended up needing to get a slightly taller front sight to fix it. For whatever reason, the, the regular stock height, just even with the, the rear sight dialed all the way down, I could never get it dialed in exactly the same spot as, as my other stock gun, which, I mean, that's 10 folios for you. They're, they're just inconsistent like that. And, and, you know, you learn to love it, but now that I got that other sight on there, I've, I've actually, you know, I don't even think about it anymore that the two guns stay set up almost identically. Um, I did at my most recent practice session, I just, I, I loaded up a batch of ammo at, at exactly where I want to be for the, for the section match, took them out, chronoed them. They're right at 133 power factor. If you take into account the fact that the blue bullets usually come in a little bit heavy, it's probably 135, but I'm used to it, you know, trying to shave a couple points of power factor at this point. It isn't, I mean, that's not what's, what's going to help my finish of the match. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy with that. Rezeroed both the guns and then just kind of went back to shooting, you know, in, in years past, I was, especially when I first got the stock twos, I was messing around with particularly particularly different grips that was a big thing for me and you know I went through all the different well not all I haven't tried all of them but I went through most of the the aluminum grips and I've tried various different things and and I just kept coming back to the wood grips and you know they just keep working for me and so you know there, there really are no tweaks to the gun that I'm getting used to that I that I feel like I need to build confidence in and honestly that you know that's a good feeling that's where you want to be you want to have confidence in the gear I did, I had a little bit of a heart attack because the, the last match that I shot that was sort of my, my make sure everything's running right match, uh, I made a mistake and I loaded up a batch of ammo and I was very lazy with seating the primers. And, and in particular, my, my bench isn't anchored down to the floor. It isn't, it, it's screwed into the wall a little bit, but it's not super rock solid anchored. And when I go to seat primers, sometimes my bench will, will rock back a little bit. And so what I've been doing to counteract that is I just keep all my loaded practice ammo, all my loaded match ammo, and all my unloaded projectiles, or enough that'll fit on the bench, on, on my actual bench to weight it down so that when I push into it, it doesn't, it doesn't move. As it happened, I was just loading up this ammo the week after the, the Ben Steger class, where I had shot almost all my, all my practice ammo that I'd been saving up, and at the same time... I was on my last box of blue bullets because I was saving up to order 10,000 to get the 10,000 discount. And so I had very, very little weight on my bench. I was reloading late at night, trying to get through it the week before the match. And I had, 
I had light primer strikes worse than than any other match I've ever had, which for the match right before a level two is not at all what you want. But it was a learning lesson. I went back, I checked my bench, and I was like, oh yeah, that that's exactly what it was. Weighted the bench back down. You know, I could I could feel the primers when I went, you know, and actually felt them with a fingertip and and also, you know, mic'd them with uh, with calipers. You know, the, the difference between sitting flush and being 0.04 or whatever deep is is really all it takes. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not running super light springs in, in my Tanfolio. I think, you know, on on, average, on a good day, some of, both my guns will have like an eight and a half double and like a three pound single. And that's fine. Like, that's where I want it to be. I really have no interest in, in tweaking them further. So I just, you know, I just run it and, and it works when I see the primers properly on a bench that doesn't move. So that was a bit of a heart attack, but uh, got that squared away, was able to load up a, a bunch of ammo with the new batch of blue bullets and with the bench weighted down and make sure the primers were seated, ran out, shot them at practice, completely flawless. And so that that confidence is restored. Like I said, I've got both guns shooting exactly the same. Uh, at one point, I had bought uh, one stock to use, and it came with a reamed barrel, and the reamed barrel noticeably dropped my power factor, so my 133 loads would be like a 128, 127, and, and that, you know, statistically, it probably wouldn't make the difference, but I, I ended up getting a, a new barrel from EAA for the gun that was unreamed, just so the, the two guns are as dead close to identical as they can be, because I, I don't want to, to even be worried about that. I don't even want to have the little voice in the back of my head about, you know, which gun do I want to have, you know, when it, when it comes time to go to Chrono, like, I don't, I don't want to worry about it. I want to be equally confident in, in both guns, which I know actually makes me a little bit unusual from a philosophy standpoint, because there is a, certainly a common idea that you have a match gun or match guns, and then a practice gun or practice guns. And the practice guns get all the wear, they get all the dry fire, they get beat up, and they get worn. And then the match guns get not that much rough wear. You shoot them a little bit in practice, and then you shoot them in a match. And the idea there is that if something's going to break, it'll break on the practice gun. And if you need to, you can always swap. Like, you know, this is common with CZ guys, where they'll shoot their slide stop in the practice gun until it breaks, move the match guns slide stop to the practice gun and then get a brand spanking new one and put it in the match gun and so they always have you know they they always have confidence that 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 match gun has fresh parts that aren't going to break but my feeling about it is that it's more valuable to me to know that the two guns are exactly identical so that I genuinely do not care which gun I I reach into the bag and grab like I, I just I don't they're the triggers feel the same to me the sights point in the same place for me the grips are identical and to me, that's more valuable because that way I know that if I do have to go to a backup gun, there's zero thought about compensating for deficiencies or the trigger being grittier or, you know, suddenly being worried about, well, something broke and now I'm worried that something on the backup gun's going to break. And so I, I just, that that's always been the, the philosophy that I've had. And so far it's worked out for me. I, I like it in the sense that I can dry fire with either gun. And I do regularly just to sort of build that confidence when I go to live fire uh, you know, depending on the day, sometimes I'll just, I'll just keep rocking and rolling with whatever gun I'm shooting that day. But most days I, I like to switch between the two guns and, you know, make sure they're both zeroed, but also just shoot both and just to have confidence in both of them. So, you know, it, it's really almost unexciting, like that, that there's so little going on because the, the kinks have been worked out. 
I've figured out even even for the little stuff like loading, you know, seating the primers right and loading the ammo correctly. When something goes wrong, I know what the problem is. I can diagnose it, fix it quickly. And so the the actual concept of prepping for a major match is there's really not that much. You know, I, I did the deep detail clean on my guns during the winter. Uh, you know, I'll take the gun apart and you know just wipe it down, field strip it. You know, barrel slide, recoil spring, that kind of thing. Clean the clean the slide rails, put a fresh coat of lube on it. But you know, other than that, everything's just just squared away. It's in a good place, and so. I'm I'm really going into this match not thinking about my gear and just being able to to focus on the shooting. One thing that I did do, and this is something that that I like to do before big matches, is I'll go back and watch the video. You know, if it's for a club match, I'll watch the the video for that club match from a month or two ago. If it's a big match, then I'll watch the the video from that match a couple of years ago. You know, the last year that I have video for. So in this case, for the South Carolina State match. I didn't shoot it last year in part because it was at a different club and I, you know, I just wasn't sure about that. And I think I ended up being right in, in that decision. And so it's back at the club that it's been at for years, which is where I shot it last in 2016. It'll be, you know, the same range, similar flavor of stages. Nothing really broadly is jumping out at me. In fact, looking at the matchbook, it looks like they're using the same two popper that you knock over and has a flopper that appears and then disappears. It looks like the, those same two props are going to be in this match as well, which was interesting. You know, in that match, one of the questions was, is that are, are, are those targets worth shooting at? Because they were on the line of being far enough away that they they were not a you know slam dunk to alpha. And you did because you have to knock down the popper and then they're exposed very quickly as they swing up vertically and then and then back down to horizontal you actually don't have a huge window to shoot the mat so it's a narrow window to shoot the mat and you have to wait on them a little bit you can't just ding the popper and leave it's you know half second second something like that while the popper it is a mini popper but while the mini popper falls and the target comes up and i shot them last time uh i don't think it was an advantage to do that i don't think it was a disadvantage i think it was it was probably about a wash on that stage but That'll be interesting to see how they're set up in this match. And the nice thing is, either way, I have that confidence. I've been to this range before. I've shot those targets before. I've shot these these types of stages before. And so I, I'm actually looking forward to the, the match in that sense. Again, because it's almost uninteresting. It's, it's not something that I'm worried about because it's something I'm familiar with and comfortable with. And so building that, that level of comfort, I, I think, is a good thing. Looking at the the match video from last year, not last year, two years ago, it's you know, it wasn't it wasn't my greatest performance. I was a production M at the time. I didn't even come in first M, and part of that was just it, I mean it was that was actually a pretty bad match for me. Uh, I had a, a stage where it was I just blew by a target. I didn't even shoot at it, so that was that was two mics. I don't think they gave me the procedural because they didn't know whether or not I'd shot at it just because of the layout of the stage, but still two mics at a, at a major match on a target, you know, not good. And then the, the big thing when I go back is, is just looking at the the struggles that I was having on steel with, you know, pulling off the target early, which is still with me to this day. And is something I've, I've struggled with on and off and especially recently more on. And so that's, that's confirming what I took away from the Steger class, which is that I'm, need to focus on getting good sight pictures on steel and not trying to leave too early, you know, having good follow through on steel, particularly if it's a popper 
that it's very tempting to, to make a sudden wide transition away from it onto the next target to, you know, get that, get that solid site picture, follow through. Don't be trying to pull off the target too early, call the shot. And if necessary, you know, let the site settle back down or, or, you know, start to come back down before you move it just because it's, it's better to do that for a 10th of a second than to pull off too early and then spend three to five tenths reacquiring the, the, the popper and shooting it then. I will say I don't have an explicit goal about going one for one on steel because I do think that's that's one of those perfection outcome type goals that I think is counterproductive because if you do set that goal, then the idea is as soon as you make that first steel miss, then it's like you've broken the goal. It's like the perfect record is shattered. And at least for me, that sort of flips a switch. It's like you're off the track and you can't get back on it. Whereas when you sort of phrase the mental process as, you know, getting a clear sight picture on, on every piece of steel, then if you miss one, then the answer is you didn't have a clear sight picture. And so it's, you know, do that better. But it's, there isn't this, this ideal of a, a perfect unbroken record that once you break it once is, is kind of out the window and might taint your attitude and bring you out of that subconscious shooting for the rest of the stage. So that, that's just the way I'm thinking about it in my mind. The other thing from looking at the video from two years ago is just the fact that there were a couple times where I would leave a position, get the reload done early, and I wanted to have my gun up, and I would actually have the gun up before I was really in position to fire. I would see the target, it would be available, but I needed to move three or four more steps before I actually wanted to start pulling the trigger. And so I did this kind of weird half chicken, like stick the gun up, pull it back down, keep running, and then and then stick it back up and, and start shooting. And, you know, a lot of that is just because I didn't have a good technique for movement. You know, I, I movement was the thing I did between all the other stuff. It wasn't something that I actually did as a technique and visualized as a component of the stage. It was just, it, it was the invisible connective tissue between all the, the shooting. And that's definitely something that, that's very different now. You know, I, I actually think about how I'm going to move, not not in a granular sort of foot position kind of way. But the feeling at each moment of, okay, stick the reload, and then you should feel the sense of acceleration until roughly here-ish, you know, I have a, a breaking marker, so to speak. And after that, you know, slow down, and then you want to be stopped or slowly coasting into position by here, where here is usually the, the edge of a shooting box or, you know, whatever whatever prop on the ground you're running towards to be able to shoot inside. And so there's just more more layers of detail in that visualization and in the, the stage planning that, that goes into it now, which just, you know, didn't exist two years ago. And as a as a master, you know, I just I just moved between the positions and shot, but I didn't have a technique, so to speak. Honestly, aside from those few sort of granular things, it's it's almost hard to watch the video from two years ago because it's just everything is just slower, less snappy. You know, it's just all the all the little places that I've picked up time about getting the gun up sooner and just confirming the sight pictures and being willing to go with less of a sight picture. And and so it's it's really it's hard to identify the, the individual moments aside from those things to, to make up speed because it's it's going to be distributed throughout the rest of the match. It's going to be the the snappier transitions and being willing to run the trigger a little bit harder, especially on close guys. That was something interesting coming out of the, the Ben Steger class a couple weeks ago about, I, I tend to be a little more cautious than I need to be on five to 10 yard partials, where if you have a reasonable portion of the A zone, at least for me, I can I can rail on them much harder than I'm comfortable, especially coming into position. You know, I've, I've been very 
cautious and shot slowly and late coming into that position. But over the course of the the, the two days during the class, I, I built up a good amount of confidence coming into that kind of situation. You know, I'm not going to go to this match looking for opportunities to practice that technique. But if if it pops up as one of the places, you know, one of the wrinkles to visualize into the stage plan, a place to shave a couple tents, I, I definitely will visualize that in where before I wouldn't have had any plan for that engagement. And so I think I would have just been more cautious and tried to get the kind of sight picture coming into position that I would have trying to be stable, which is why I was shooting so late. As for going forward, looking at a mindset for the match, I, so I don't have any kind of placement goal. I know last time I looked, there were, I think, seven GMs in production signed up for this match since my buddy Rob down in Georgia just made GM, I think, a month or two ago. So it'll be a pretty stacked field. And I just, there's no point in trying to come up with a number of, you know, percentage overall that I want to shoot or place finish. Because, I mean, it, it, it is very realistic if I shoot 10 flawless stages that I could win. But if the guy in front of me just happens to shoot that much little bit better and gets me at 99.5% and I'm half a percent off the pace, I think that's still going to be a success in my book. Because the way I'm going into this match is I have certain criteria that I want to meet, particularly around not doing things. So I, I, I want to be very sharp and precise going to steel, not have a lot of steel makeups, have those, those crisp sight pictures on the steel, you know, be aggressive moving, have confident reloads. And if I can do all of those things to what I consider the, the level that I should be able to do them today, if I can execute all these stages at the level that I want to, and it's still not enough to take first, okay, like that, that's not, that's not going to ruin it for me. I, I really am looking at this as going into the match as racing against the best version of myself. And if I can, if I can equal that guy, if I can shoot as well as the guy I know I can shoot as, if I put in the visualization and look for all the details in the stages and all the places to make up time, if I can shoot at that level, then however I end up finishing in the match is fine. Yeah, I want to win. Like who doesn't? But I'm there, there's no part of my visualization or planning or sort of mental preparation that's, well, you know, fourth would suck, but third would be okay. Like it, it's just, it's, it's pointless. And so I'm, I'm really, every time I, I think about the competition and the, the amount of talent that's going to be at this match, particularly in production, uh, I just, I focus and I double down on, on the process and thinking about all the, the small details and the techniques that I know I can do and I want to bring to the fore and sort of push myself on. Because, you know, there are certain things that I'm just, I know I'm fine at, you know, if I don't, if I just visualize them at a normal level, they'll go Okay. And then there's the stuff that I've been working on recently that I that I want to either stop doing poorly, like shooting steel, or start doing better, like being more aggressive moving, being more aggressive coming into position. And so if I can do the things I'm okay at, at an okay level, if I can not do the things that I don't want to do, and if I can show progress, you know, at a big match in a in a competitive context if I can show progress on the things that I'm trying to move the needle on, then then that's the victory to me. And honestly, I I don't say that to prepare an excuse. I think that if I can actually execute at that level, then I can win this match. But at the same time, that's not actually a useful input to the process of shooting well. It's working the process that will produce the outcome, but going in with an outcome in mind is counterproductive. And so I'm not going to do it. 
Well, that wraps up this episode of Short Course. I may or may not have something to say about the match next week. We'll see if it goes well and I feel like I need time to sort of process it before I have something competent to say about it. I'll take the time. Uh, if I have something to say next week, then then we'll talk about it then. You can follow me on Facebook at Ben Barry Shooting and Instagram at BS Barry. And my match videos are at youtube.com slash Ben Barry USPSA. I can pretty much guarantee the match videos will be up pretty soon after the match. I like to get those edited and, and posted quickly uh, just so I can sort of start reviewing the video back to back that way. If you have a question that you'd like to get an answer to on the show or you just want to tell me something, you can email me at podcast at Talk to you next time.